Welcome to SlayerFest 98. I'm Kimberly Ann Southwick. I'm Zachary Patton Garcia. I'm Gabe Gonzalez. And I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. Uh, we are here to discuss Angel Season 1, Episode 4, I Fall to Pieces. It is a bonkers episode. <laughs> and yeah, but so I want Gabe and Kim, since it's your first uh, full Angel episodes. Gabe, you go first. What was your, <laughs> like, when did you get in? I mean, I know the answer to this, but when did you get into Angel? Yeah. Okay. So to be fully transparent, I, <laughs> I like finished watching Buffy. This was a story I feel like everybody had. I finished watching the entirety of Buffy around maybe, uh, 2013, 2014. I was very late to the game. I watched all of it after college. And naturally after that, I was like, Oh, let me watch angel. I got like three episodes in and I fully gave up. It was not doing it for me. So <laughs> I, uh, actually didn't dive back into Angel until approximately three months ago when Ian asked <laughs> me to do this podcast. I uh, I am now eminently qualified. Um, I have, I've gotten all the way through season four. I've done my research. I've boned up on Angel a little bit. Uh, and I got to tell you, this episode probably wouldn't have swayed me to keep watching <laughs> if I had stuck out till episode four. But right. we'll, get, we'll get to that later. So I am... I'm coming around, and I'm I'm glad I did for the most part. Um, Charisma Carpenter's enough to have justified my um, my right. return. Yeah, right. She really is. Yeah. Um, also, Gabe, I am very flattered. You and Dana and Zach, but Zach, I think you of the three had watched the most. Like we're the most familiar with Angel. Yeah. Um, I'm very flattered that the three of you did not watch it until I was like, hey, do you want to co-host? Um, and Gabe, I'm impressed with how fucking fast you flew through those I know, seasons. he's saying, I was thinking he's going to say episode, I'm on episode five now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, I got COVID for the second time, like right after I agreed to do this. So I was like, well, it's a sign from the universe. Like I need to, I got to catch up. <laughs> like even Crystal said that she had only watched it like when it aired and mm -hmm. but went through it all since I asked her to oh, wow. like, co-host, which is cool. Um Kim, what's your what how did you get into Angel? Well, after I had been forced by someone who is also on this podcast named Ian to watch all of Buffy on Netflix. Mm, sounds good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the the early what are we calling the 2010s? In the early 2010s. Um I decided I was going to go right into Angel. And I remember feeling like, ooh, maybe I should have started watching it like as it aired with Buffy rather than mm. completing Buffy and then starting Angel. But it was too late at that point to do that. So, yeah, then I watched all of Angel. And um, I liked Angel. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you liked it kind of from the start, right? Yeah. It's definitely rough at the start, but it's like, I felt like you were pretty in... Like yeah, I mean, I think I watched TV differently back mm -hmm. then, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I would mm -hmm. be, like, grading papers as an adjunct, which only requires, you know, a very small amount of your attention to the paper <laughs> grading, not getting paid a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, and then I was, like, watching TV, whereas now I'm like, ooh, I have to pay attention more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can, like, I can remember, I think I might have been, like, out drinking, and you were texting me... <laughs> Like Cordelia's last episode, you were texting, like live texting me everything and me being like drunk at Stonewall being like, Kim's so right. I'm getting emotional <laughs> reading her text. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we are here to talk about episode four. Um, what did we think about this episode in general? Because Zach, you text me while you're watching it. And I, it is do, weird. I did not. This was the first one. I mean, it's only episode four, but it's, this was the first one I didn't remember. So I had no memory of any of it. And... 
you kept saying bonkers, bananas. And sometimes when Ian says bonkers or bananas, it's not that bonkers or bananas. <laughs> but this was fucking weird, man. Like this was a weird – this would have been like a Goosebumps episode that would have like scared the shit out of me when I was a child. <laughs> yes, see, that's really accurate. <laughs> oh, see, to me, it was giving like rejected X-Files episode. I was Absolutely. Like, this, someone too. pitched this in the writer's room and they rejected it and they just tossed it over to Angel. Like that's <laughs> what I feel happened. <laughs> I have like scary exclamation point written in my margins like twice. Yes. <laughs> also with like hints of like like problematic orientalism that we also see kind of like peppered throughout season one of angel where it's like yes yogis and gurus and we have to go down to korea town for the mystical <laughs> i'm like come on come on i mean you know we don't get a lot of that this episode but it, it happens for sure i also yeah. didn't even understand that like I was like, what did we, what did we solve Some of there? the investigation work like, didn't really land for me, but the, the yeah. concept of this, this weird fucking guy like really <laughs> did, it, it's in my brain now. Um, we also get a lot more of angels, you know, gotta be the savior for a woman, you know, mm-hmm. being tormented yeah. by a man. It seems like we're going full throttle with that one this season. Yes. Yes, sure are. Um, I was thinking how like in the first episode, how we, Zach, remember we kept talking about like, are they casting blonde women because they want to be like lucky as a type or like, <laughs> is that just all they were casting back then? Oh, we've got a brunette here. Yeah. We got a brunette. Yeah. Um, Jim, what'd you think of this episode? Um, it was scary sometimes. Oh, it did scare you? Yeah. There were, there were parts that were scary. And then other times it was more like, am I watching an episode of law and order SVU or an <sighs> episode yes. of Angel? Wait, actually, though, yeah. <laughs> uh, Gabe, what do you think? Okay, yeah, I don't. I, again, rejected X Files. It was giving that, and I also think like very early on in season one, especially, we're getting a lot of these like the real monsters are are predators. It's like right. a lot of du- you know douche bros who are like impregnating women for a demon, or like creepy doctors, or like uh, <laughs> kind of like agents who've got to deal with the devil. And and I I understand we're kind of like trying to make that allegory. It just felt uh I don't know, kind of like like half-assed and then again it's like at the end it is sort of angels the savior right um so i i i didn't really get anything out of it and this one episode is really just one uh storyline right we don't have like an a b and c plot like it's just this and i don't know if this was compelling enough to like sort of sustain an entire episode i mean some of the things i do enjoy were the big question marks in my head after episode three which is like how are they making money? Which is apparently a question <laughs> only Cordelia thinks to ask. And yes. I love her for that. Thank you. <laughs> Jim, that, that part of Cordelia actually did remind me a lot of you. <laughs> like, cause I feel like when like, you know, I, so Kim runs a literary magazine called gigantic sequence and Kim is very good at keeping track. She's like, if we do not do this, we will have no money all year. <laughs> we need to do this thing. So we have money for the magazine. Like Kim was always very good at that. Which I'd love to, I, Jim. I have to. I have to say, we are the bestest best friends. Where she can even fire me, and we're still best friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, I kept thinking of you. How it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the boring part. But you're like, yes, this is the boring part. But like, someone needs to keep track of this. Well, Cordelia went broke before, right? Yeah. So she knows. Yeah, she knows. Yeah. In terms of stuff like that, like uh, the whole thing of where, like, where Angel is going to be feeding, like where he's getting his sustenance from, like they just drop that, and now they're focusing on the money. Yeah, yeah, they do. They really do, because like especially he comes in and drinks coffee, and like so weird. Didn't in the first episode he say I don't eat, or like there's an episode where he just says like I don't eat, and it's like well wait, 
And like, what would coffee do? Like, the rules of the vampires don't really make sense to me. They, they no. never have. Um, no. But their bodies are dead. They, their bodies don't do nothing. So, what right. is the coffee doing with them? This was also my question, and we'll get to this later in the season. But there are several times where like Angel showers, and I'm like, "Why do you sweat? <laughs> like, what is? Is there a metabolism? Like, how does that work? Why do you shower for fun? So many questions this season that are just like up in the air for me. It's just to feel something. He just wants to feel something. That's gotta be it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a habit. It's like a comfort habit. <laughs> he puts on the ring and showers, <laughs> or to drink coffee, just like. The little things, right? <laughs> um, so we open on, yeah, I like Cordelia's going through the bills and she's like, oh, my favorite rent. Um, she says she wants a raise. And like, I wanted to see what everyone else, I kind of like Doyle ranting about Angel and just kind of delving into him being attractive. Yeah. And Cordelia's like, is this a private moment? Should I leave you alone? Um, <laughs> and then I liked like a beat later after Angel comes in, he gets the vision and he's like leaving. And he's like, okay, maybe I am attracted. Like, I kind of like that, right? I loved it. So good. <laughs> um, okay, so I wasn't sure if it, like, played as, like, maybe, like, a little, like, homophobic or something. But it really doesn't, to me, at least, right? Oh, I don't know. It's, like, borderline gay baiting. You know what I mean? We've got to yeah. have it. They know who's watching. It's fine. <laughs> they do. <laughs> I do like that they're like, oh, we need to talk to him about charging. And I... Cordelia, Cordelia's delivery of get over it, but in a sensitive way is just <laughs> very good. <laughs> um, we cut to the credits and post credits. We meet Melissa and it feels like they definitely tried to give her. I don't like there's like, right. It's like, oh, look, there's a, the wrong name on the cake. And blah, blah. this has nothing to do with what we'll see later. They try to like give her a little bit more of like a fleshed out character. Do they though? <laughs> but I mean, like, well, shit like this. Like, it almost feels like, I mean, I'm sure it's like two minutes, but it feels like, what are we doing here when it's like, oh, there's like wacky antics with the cake and she's like, sco also, scooping it off with her finger is gross. Um, no, I agree that it was like, what are we doing here? But again, to me, it felt a little bit Law and Order SVU where they're yeah. misdirecting us. Yeah. And we're like, oh, okay. So clearly this woman's going to be mad about the cake and that's the bad guy. <laughs> the cake. Um, I will say that, yeah, I, I mean, that's like my critique of season one is that it feels like Law and Order with like monsters. And I hate Law and Order. Like I hate a procedural mm. like so much. I find it so boring. Um, and like I never am sold on like us focusing on characters that we're never going to see again because then why do I care? Mm. And I just felt like they were trying to give her a little bit more. And like I do like in the end it is like she kind of does fight back, but like right see i was okay with her i i okay. didn't like when when we first started i hate an office i hate like that whole setup with the cake and then her getting frosting on her lip i'm like this is so stupid this is <laughs> like knock off ally mcbeal but this was by the end i really did like her and i liked that she was so ready and i guess we'll get there but like the awkwardness about the the payment um, mm. at the end and, but she was okay with it because she's so ready to like you know, move on from something like that, or she's ready to just, you know, keep it as a business relationship. And I think that throughout this, we get, uh, I don't know, I guess I'm like ranking the different girls that he's going to save throughout the season. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do, I do like her somewhat, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, she's, I definitely think she's in like one of the weirder predicaments of, of people. And like, I kind of appreciate that again, the storyline is, is sort of like a, a metaphor for how like, women who are often stalked or harassed or abused will go to the police and like, won't be believed or 
be told that they're like hysterical or exaggerating and then it escalates, right? Like I get that. I, I just like, uh, it, again, it's like kind of like, why do I care? I, you know what I mean? I think as a, as a person, obviously we know she's someone in danger and she's someone who Angel needs to save. But yeah, I think even with this like extended exposition with Melissa, it still feels very like guest star damsel in distress. And like, mm-hmm. to me, like the storyline and the character don't, don't quite like rise above that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, and Zach, we talked about this. I don't remember the girl's name, but the, the woman he doesn't save in episode one who actually dies. Mm. I thought maybe she's been the best so far of those oh, absolutely. Like, one-off like women he has to save, even though she's the one he doesn't save. Um, she was like more dynamic than like the, the ones we've seen so far. Yeah. So it, she gets flowers delivered. She sees a card. It's from Ronald. She gets upset. <laughs> she goes to the bathroom. What a name. <laughs> takes her medication. And then back at Angel headquarters, or no, then... Come. No, yeah, back at Angel headquarters. They have a little... All I remember is that Cordy uses the R word, and I was like, no! Oh, yeah, yeah not great. So yeah, often, yeah. They use that word a few times, I think, this season. Um, well, yeah. wait, no. Okay, so before we get there, it's Angel does talk to her in the garage, because she leaves oh, work. Ooh, that's oh, yeah, she misdirect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again. <laughs> Again, this is just like he's he's how old and hasn't right. picked up tact yet and <laughs> just thinks that appearing before women is the, is the way to make them feel safe and be like, I know what's happening to you. Like, no, that does not make me feel great. Like, like she already has one man saying that that's the problem. <laughs> yes, that's the problem. A 20 something year old woman in a parking garage knows yeah. more than than Angel does in his hundred and something years yeah. on, on this planet. She knows that I'm not going with the guy who appeared in my parking garage. By my car. Yeah. I mean, maybe if they try to frame it like, you know, he's he's making mistakes by doing these things rather than like she should trust him it would be like you know the the one of the reasons the procedural stuff doesn't work is because unlike law and order svu angel is deadly serious most of the mm-hmm. time and then like hilarious in other moments and the transitions just don't always work like sometimes it's fine but other times it's like N- yeah no we can't go to that you can't say a jokey funny thing in this moment right. mm-hmm. so they would have made that like oh i kind of messed up because i went in and I, I i approached her and cordy's like oh you know if i were you know her blah 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 but they don't do that right mm-hmm. yeah you're right so then, like, yeah, we get back, and he's kind of like, Cordelia, maybe you should talk to her. And I do, again, Kim, I was thinking of you being like, are we making money? Like, what, are we, are you still not listening to what I said before? Because, <laughs> and I, I really liked that. Don't love her using the R word. I do mm. like that Doyle makes a good point, and she is like, wait a minute, what? Did you just make a good point? Like, I like how, I like that part of her being caught off guard that he's making a good point. Also, what do we think she thinks? Like, does she not like Doyle? Like, I can't... Her and Doyle are very back and forth where I can't tell if she, like, truly can't stand him or, like, you know, ribs him like a co-worker you like. We're in the like, warming up phase right now. I think she's just warming up to him, isn't she? That's fair. That's fair, yeah. yeah. He's sort of, like, wallpaper to her most of the time. Mm-hmm. He's just yeah. kind of there. He's the guy that has the visions and, you know, she's just like, oh, okay. Like you're, you're here too, aren't you? And, oh, we're going to have a, we're going to have a conversation now. Okay. Now I'm ignoring you. Mm, that's yeah, I don't think he's started going like full creeper on her yet because like <laughs> his advances are definitely like very inappropriate in a workplace setting, let alone like the stakes they're dealing with. And like yeah. the fact that she's made very clear she's not. And so it's like, I don't think he's to me, he's not creepy yet, but as a viewer, 
he is like deeply annoying in the way he treats Cordelia most of the time, but it's not like as annoying as it gets at its peak during the season. Yeah, his outfit's pretty creepy already, though. He's already setting up the the foundation for that. <laughs> you don't like the, I like Doyle's jacket. Oh no, he looks like ah. he dresses exactly like the vampire Buffy spotted out in the Bronze episode one of, of her show. It's <laughs> exactly what he looks like. <laughs> That's really accurate, Zach. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm like imagining a world where like Buffy just sees him making an unwanted advance to a woman and just like cuts his head off on the spot. Like we never <laughs> just went the straight for line. cutting the head off, yeah, straight just, for the beheading. Yeah, <laughs> creepy like- demon harassing women. Get him out of here. Come on. Yeah. Can we talk to you just briefly about this sergeant guy and like how he? Why did she go on a date with him again? Because he comes off as like totally. Is he aging badly? Like how old is he supposed to be? He comes off as a creep. He's yeah. like a you know, incel know-it-all, I would not, even if he, like, fixed my eye or whatever, yeah. I'd be like, hey, no, sorry. Like, what was she thinking? I don't know, Cam, you and I have been on some pretty uh, rough dates. Okay, true. <laughs> <laughs> she did make it sound like a pity date, which, again, I think is, like, reinforcing this idea that, like, I don't know, like, maybe Melissa fe- felt, like, pressured because of, like, the yeah. way women are expected to express gratitude. Like, I don't know, but they're, like, really hammering this home with her. And she's like, I just felt bad. He did this rare eye surgery on me. And I was like, that's what your insurance is for. Like, they're yeah. paying him. It's fine. Like, you don't need to feel bad. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, to me also, yeah, the reasoning from the get, I was like, I, if that man fixed my eye and then I saw what he looked like and the way he acted, I'd be, like, out <laughs> out of there so fast. So fast. I I could see myself being like, well, now I've been on my 10th date with this man. I truly hate him, but here we are. There's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> but he's a doctor, Ian. You're dating yes, a doctor. doctor. Listen, you know my mother would be like, a doctor? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, Cordelia's even into the idea for just a yeah. second. She's like, I get it. It's, you know, it's I a mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess we don't really meet him until the next scene on the street, right. which is right after this one. I was just about to say, so we we finally meet our creepy doctor when she's at the ATM and her pin's not working. And in pops Dehoffrin, because it's the same actor that played Dehoffrin on Yonka and Calfrec's boss. Is it really? Oh, yeah. my How God. Cool. Shut up. Yeah, they do that I a love lot. love that. Where they'll like, if someone was in, so I think Tom Lank told me when we interviewed him about this, that the rule they had on Buffy was if you were in makeup, you could like audition for another character. Oh, I mean, wow. that would make sense, right? You know, who was the hands though that I found really interesting. He was the same hands in the Adams family and <gasps> in, um, in what was that movie with, um, Devon? Ah, uh, is it just oh, called Idle oh, Hands? Um, Idle Hands. Idle Hands. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the titular hands <laughs> yeah, the titular role um that's funny i didn't know that that like i guess that's a specialty right if you're like a hand actor you can like i, I just did like right. a hand crawl across my desk as if anyone can see it <laughs> i'm like oh should i do that um so yeah in this we learn um tim what do we learn from him that he like does a lot of he does a quick exposition dump here he's <laughs> a surgeon Mm-hmm. He has the ability to change her password, <laughs> yes, and also that. he thinks that they are like dating, even yeah. though they are not dating. Mm-hmm. We also get what he looks like, which again, I'm just I can't place how old <laughs> he's supposed to be. Like I'm very confused. I, I think he's just one of those like white dudes where it's like he could be thirty, he could be fifty. Oh Ooh. no, not thirty. <laughs> <laughs> he probably is. <laughs> 
Yeah, we learn all that pretty quickly. Uh, we also learn that he prescribed medication for her, that she wasn't taking, and he knew like exactly how many pills she took in the bathroom at work, which yeah, and was what, like- And how she didn't take them at a certain time. Right, right. Okay. Which yeah. is like- Ian, exactly. you've seen this episode. Did you look for a floating eye in that scene where she is taking the medication in the bathroom? I'm positive there isn't one. I uh, <laughs> no. Okay. I, I also, this isn't, I think I've literally only watched this episode like maybe three times, like- I don't think it's not an episode. I I just remembered. Oh, it's the guy that played DeHoffrin playing this guy who can float his eyeballs and hands. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't look for it, but I'm pretty sure there wasn't because I I can remember being like, oh, he 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 knows everything she's doing because of that floating eyeball. So I was like, I wonder if it's in the office or something. But uh, did <laughs> I? Did I? I don't know. It could it could have been like right next to her head, and I would have missed it too. I'm it's not okay. Happy. It's okay. It just wasn't there. We'll go with that one. Um, <laughs> she she's at home later, right? And and is undressing, and that's when we see that it's yeah. The that's the first time we see it. That shook me. <laughs> it was insane. That was Zach took a picture of his screen. I was like, "What am I watching?" And texted me that, <laughs> and it just kept getting worse. Like I thought that was the extent of it. This was just his right, little he's an eye surgeon, right? Yeah. So, right, that one would think, "All right, the eye stuff," but also I still don't understand why it could like float and fly. Like the hand, it's like, "All right, the hand is like crawling on its fingers." This is a supernatural show. Angel can drink coffee and you're questioning why an eye can float. <laughs> well, there is no justification for that. They just say he could separate his body parts from his body. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean his eye can fly. Like, right? I remember, you know what I mean? The way they explain it, I'm just imagining like an eye on the ground and it's like you ship it somewhere. You attach yeah. it to something. You have to get a little, you got to MacGyver that shit. Like, it seems a little bit too easy. The eye can float now, okay? I just accept it. There's some things you just got to move on, okay? You just got to move on with it <laughs> it reminded me of Buffy when she's invisible with the with the balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like that Angel when he's like talking about it, he's like, is she invisible? Like I kind of was like, oh wait, is Cordy gonna make a reference to the invisible girl? But no, she does not. <laughs> did this feel like kind of like a Marcy thing? Like he did this to himself, just kind of like Marcy yeah, ac- sort right? of accidentally did it to herself and then went off to like oh. a special school or something. Yes, it did it did it, the the plot itself feels and I'm pretty sure the music they use is Buffy music like when the eye pops up and it plays that like buffy music of like something bad happened um like i feel like there were a lot of buffy musical cues in this Hmm. but this like whole plot kind of felt like a buffy season one episode plot where like this would have been like a teacher or or transfer it to like a student and make it a teenager Hmm. yeah so then melissa calls cordelia it's a call from her angel changes his shirt I like that because, yeah, earlier Doyle says something, right, about like, well, you're intimidating when you're in all black. <laughs> and Angel, and that like, that it's, I like that it's the exact same version of the black yeah. sweater he's wearing, just in beige. Um, <laughs> and it looks horrendous on him. Um, and I'm, I can't tell if it's because I'm just so used to him in black or like, it is bad, but it does not look good on him. It is not that bad. Aha. It's <laughs> Maybe, not, I liked it. I was okay with it. But yeah, so- she like comes in and she explains that she went on one date with him and, and quarterly does a thing where she's like, well, plus a doctor. And like, I get it. Mm-hmm. And I did like the bit of her saying, thank you for helping me. This is terrible. And then her being like, no, I meant the coffee's terrible. <laughs> like, cause right. It's like that stuff where we get like little injections of the humor, but like, it just feels weird. Yeah. yeah. So Angel discusses with Cordelia, like they go over, he's like, could she be, could he be invisible? Or could he be a ghost? Is he astral projecting? And I do like that Cordelia, is like 
kind of almost right here because she says like it could just be a hidden camera but it like is his eyeball like angel was completely off she was more on the nose with like a hidden camera because it's a hidden eyeball right Mm -hmm. and then we get the like really creepy of like she's at home uh, melissa's at home undressing he's sitting in a chair elsewhere and he's like watching her okay we need to talk about the scene Mm -hmm. because I was like, hmm, a man definitely wrote this episode. And I looked it up mm-hmm. and it was right. Because mm-hmm. you do not wear pajamas like that when right? you're alone. Like, so weird. No, who are you wearing that for? Like, no, like you are in comfy ass shit. Not that. Like, why is she wearing that? Why? Because a man wrote this episode. <laughs> was that slip under her clothes already? Like, she takes off her clothes and she's got this, like, silk slip on. That's going to make her sweat all through the bed. Never, never is your silk slip under your norm, no matter what your normal dress is. Like, no, no. Unless it's, like, Spanx, and that shit was not Spanx. (laughs) Jim. (laughs) I mean, you are right. It is ridiculous when she takes off it. It's like, oh, she's got her, her sexy, like, slip already perfectly on underneath of what she was wearing. Like, I would be very hot in that. And Zach, I feel like you and I sweat a lot, so like it would not go over well oh, with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, also, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, especially when I sleep alone, it's like just my underwear. Um, yeah, I'm not right? putting on anything like cute. Or like I'll be like a 10-year-old where it's like a t-shirt and underwear. And maybe the t-shirt's a little long. <laughs> but they're riding her as this businesswoman. She's a single businesswoman, home alone. <laughs> what does she do? She puts on her slip and gets some wine and, you know. <laughs> And goes to bed with her hair the same way it was all day and full makeup on. Of course. Come on. You think a straight man knows about makeup wipes? Come on now. She's never. I will say before we get too far, one thing I did love about Melissa's appearance in Angel's office was the realistic coffee drinking. Too often in a TV show, I will see someone pick up an empty cup and know it is an empty cup. And throughout this episode, there's some exceptional fake coffee drinking. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to point that out. That was like a real, that's a big note for me as an actor. I appreciate that. So as, as someone who's been on set, Gabe knows (laughs) (laughs) you always give the empty cup weight. It's object work. Lord. Um, Sorry, I got us off track. Um, Melissa just took off her slip, and um, we see what's-his-face Richard with an empty glowing socket in his office, because I took a screenshot of that, too. I was like, Jesus. And then the eyeball that we zoom in on, and it casts a shadow on the arch of Melissa's like entry. It's so creepy. <laughs> it really, I, I really am here now. Like Now that we're talking about it, Zach, I'm like, yeah, it is goosebumps. It does feel like the 90s they had really good just like creature creature design like this is creepy this Mm -hmm. is this is Mm -hmm. and it's so small that i i mean i hardly ever wear contacts around my house anyway and so i would totally miss this being like right next to my damn face (laughs) zach we're recording for uh bloody judy and i'm like is there an eyeball hanging next to your head you're like no it's fine i'm like ian i have two eyeballs what are you talking about (laughs) um so uh then we get Mm. Our daily Kate. Our Kate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I like <laughs> this version of Kate is the Kate I like. I like a Kate that's like, eh, he visits, she checks in, and she's like, you know, um, his like, I, I like this. I wish they had just kept her as like this, and sometimes she was included in the plot. Like, okay, she'll help him out. She's cool with him, whatever. She'll like help him with his investigation. Like, I think she's better as like an ally in this way and not 
I don't know, someone who's like, oh, you're a vampire. I don't trust you now. When like, I don't know, you trusted him for like half the season prior to that. Right. When he's talking to Kate, we learn that she did. Melissa did file a complaint against the doctor, but what he denied everything. And since he's a doctor, they kind of believed him. And that also he's repped by Wolfram and Hart, which I think is only the second time they've been brought up in the series so far. Mm-hmm. But do they not play a larger role in season one? They do as the season goes on, right? Mm-hmm. Gabe, you just newly watched it. It like, right. As like, halfway oh, yeah, through, for sure. they start like using them more. No. Yeah. By the end, there's like a Wolf Wolfram and Hart lawyer. That's like very involved in what's going down. And we've met a lot. We know a little bit more about their motivation and like angels meaning to them and what they're mm-hmm. trying to get at. But it's like weird. Cause it's just kind of peppered throughout. And I was like, is this going to pay off? And it, it <laughs> kind of took a while. You know what I mean? And then I also like wanted to know more. Once I got to know more about their law firm, I was like, okay, well, what was their interest in representing like floating eyeball doctor? Like, we, you know what I mean? Like we know they did, but I was like, it's because he's rich. Like he's not a supernatural entity. He's like a very cocky man who just like went to a few uh, Ted talks on meditation. Like, I don't yeah. know. You know what I mean? Like we got a real loose, loose thread here. But and I does think, he you know. like display his ability for them to take him on? Right. I wonder if they're like, me, you got to show us a supernatural or you're not a client. And he's like, <laughs> look at this trick and pops his eyeball out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we learned that. And then Kate says, Kate kind of gives Angel the like, where the episode needs to go. Right. She's like, well, she needs to fight back. Otherwise, she's going to have nightmares about this man, and it'll still feel like he wins. And I don't know that, like, Kim, I'm curious. Give me your take on what she says about that. Oh, that was like, sh- like, they pulled that line straight from Olivia Benson in A Law and Order SVU. Yes! <laughs> like, exactly. Olivia in that moment, for sure. That's how I thought about that. <laughs> All right, that's fair. <laughs> a little too se- a little too serious, right? Like, like, you know, this is the beginning-ish of the episode, and they're getting, like, very, like, you know, dun, 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 <laughs> or whatever the, I can't do the, dun, dun. Like, I know what law and order noise, you know what I mean? Like I, I like heard it in the back of my head and I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> like this is, this is serious stuff for a vampire dramedy. I guess I'm not just, I'm, I'm not really an SVU guy. So I've just see charmed and they have to go to like the detective every, every episode <laughs> for their little monster, Andy or Daryl, you know, <laughs> Andy or Daryl. <laughs> Um, so she, she says she'll put a, a cop on Melissa's place for a day or two. Um, then we cut to Cordelia, who's interviewing another doctor, maybe nurse at a hospital. And I do love when we get Cordelia having to do some like investigation shit like this, because I like that as the doctor's like telling Cordelia, she's like, oh, and then he was really good at like re reattaching limbs and stuff. And she's like, ew, uh. <laughs> the doctor's like, what? She's like, never mind. We'll keep going. Like, I love that shit. The, the, the nurse or doctor is like, oh, he's top in his field, blah, blah, blah. And then Cordelia is kind of like, which is very Cordelia. You know what? We're going to stop with the lies. I'm going to tell you the truth. This doctor's a creep. You know, what do you know about him to tell me the like, whatever? She's like. The real dish on this guy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then what does uh, the what does the doctor tell uh, Cordelia, Zachary? All, all about the all about the do- other doctor. She says that he doesn't let anybody know on his practice in on his practices that he's he's pretty secretive and he does some. What does she say? Some pretty radical. 
yeah radical mm-hmm. things um i i think cordelia and angel both have really good acting moments in this episode because um, yeah. even right before this when angel is in the in the doctor's office and oh yeah we skipped that scene i think and for sure he's yeah. like acting his ass off he's like you know what if you had a woman wouldn't you want to do everything you could for her and doctor's like yeah i would and then cordelia's here and it's like i'm writing a, it's not gonna be a nice story let me tell you i'm gonna tell you the truth here um they both do such a good job and I actually really liked I know the doctor of this doctor that Cordelia's talking to only gets like a minute of screen time, but I really liked her. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Actually, we forgot to talk. I I, I forgot because I just made like two notes about it. <laughs> and Angel visits the doctor. He tells him an elaborate backstory that does not pay off or matter for the future <laughs> and tells the doctor to give it some thought to helping him. Like, it's just because you're right, Zach. He does do some pretty good like work there with like the like, oh, and the way to get to him to talk about Melissa and stuff. But it's just weird that like it doesn't matter, right? Like I don't know. I found the the scene that we're that's coming up next where he meets with the guru that wrote the book that he grabs. I found that scene the most useless. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> so I would say that this one in terms of uselessness was like much less not useless than the <laughs> one we're about to talk about. <laughs> Professor Kimberly at Southwick, ladies and gentlemen. It just feels like they had a general idea for this episode and then just kept right. shoving investigative work into it that right. like I don't know, like who would who would he go see? He'd go see this guy, and this guy would tell him this, or you know, and then we fill in the little gaps with coffee drinking. You know, it's <laughs> like there's not a whole lot going on in this. It's quality coffee happens- drinking, though, but yeah, <laughs> it's quality, quality. Yeah. Gabe Gonzalez, quality coffee. Yeah. He just Come happens on. to pull like the right book off the shelf before the doctor returns from surgery that has an inscription by a guy that's still alive and you know close enough to LA for him to go visit and talk about this guy that he remembers inscribing a book from. Right. Call, called anything's possible. Like, <laughs> why is that the title in the office? And you're like, this will give me a big break. And like the fact that it does. I mean, oh, you got to look that up. You got to see if they have that at a bookstore. <laughs> it's on Amazon, I'm sure. I can't wait to read the reviews. It's, it's definitely like someone saw some Deepak Chopra books at a Barnes and Noble yeah. while they were trying to write this plot. And was like, there you go. We'll include a character like that. <laughs> so we cut to Angel and Cordelia, which I do like this scene of them doing some research together. Um, the two of them have like really good chemistry. And it. I say this a lot in the, in our like discussion of the episodes, but like their like relationship feels so organic. It feels just yeah. like they're so cool with each other they're comfortable and i really like that's like that's very enjoyable to watch i think even regardless of whether you do ship them or don't like their relationship is enjoyable to watch just because it feels effortless right yeah it almost feels like the the writing about their characters like hasn't even been conceived of yet but because of the way they really like dance around each other and like work so well together that it it makes sense that that's where the whole series goes yeah, right? Yeah, I think that's really accurate, the way they dance around each other, because it just, like, it works so well. And then the characters, I think, with the most, I, you know, I, as an audience member coming from Buffy, you have the most history with them. I think they have the most well-established, like, context and past and, yeah. and like, relationship. And so it's interesting that they're, like, you know, kind of starting from scratch in some ways, but do have these connections. And I think it it does, like Kimberly said, it takes the show kind of a while to realize that, that that's really the lifeblood. I feel like they were kind of dancing around that a bit at first. Mm-hmm. And I think when we really lean into Cordy kind of being, like, the heart and soul of the show and, and angels like sort of platonic 
connection to the real world and sort of grounding force. That's really when I, I like believe the relationships in the show. Like <laughs> it takes a while. Yeah. It takes a few folks dying, but yeah. <laughs> a few cast changeovers. Just a few. I'm glad we get that very good scene before we get this totally useless scene. <laughs> yeah. Also, Cordy's... I- Cordy's hair has been through yes. some moments, but this is one I wrote down with several exclamation points. Mm-hmm. This like fake beehive updo yeah. with a hair, like there's a, I, I don't even know what's going on, but it's amazing. Uh, um, it's giving Star Trek. Once is again, one of genre, yeah. Once again, Cordelia reminding me of Jim. Because Jim, you used to wear your Aww. hair like that all the time, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> what is it? What's the secret? Uh, you don't wash it. <laughs> 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 and you would use like legit chopsticks, right, Kim? Yeah, because it didn't give me a headache. The the circles like pull. Yeah. yeah. So Kim would always have like big chopsticks in her hair that she would just twirl around to make it like bigger. Oh, that's Up so Up till good. now, her Cordy's hair is better than most of her wardrobe too. Like the wardrobe yeah. has not been all that special. And I've been yes. watching for it. Like I, I love a good wardrobe moment, but her hair, her hair is always a standout. Yeah, yeah. Her, I mean- I think Charisma Carpenter just has, like, very good hair. Like, it's, like, very <laughs> thick and very shiny. And, like, I don't know what her hair care routine is, but it, it it's great. Although I feel like hair like that sometimes is, like, you just, like, have good genes with your hair, right? Probably. Like, I remember my my trainer telling me uh, <laughs> to plug Nudie Judy, which I think this is, is coming out a month after that one. But we were talking about it, and he was like, listen, my chest is mostly good genes. He was like, I do work out a lot, but this is, like... I just have good genes. And I was like, well, I appreciate you admitting that. <laughs> but yeah, so we get them talking and like he, they, they look up this author and we find out the author is like a recluse. Um, we're just, just speed past the shit that we're, that right? we don't need to know. Okay. Yeah. I'm already, I've already forgotten all of it, <laughs> but they have a very weird beat that I like though. After they find out all that and Cordelia just says, she like turns to him and goes, did you steal this book? And he says, yeah. And she says, mm-hmm. good. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like such a weird beat that I loved and I don't really know why. <laughs> I mean, it ties into like you liking the the money thing. Yeah. 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 So yeah, then we get, the, <laughs> as Jim said, the most useless scene because like, <laughs> I don't understand like... Because like the author's like, oh, I gave up because then I be- completely believed, and it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we learn nothing. Like, even even if you go back and you look at the transcript of their conversation, <laughs> like it literally makes no sense. It's like religion, religion, lecturing about the single most powerful force in the universe being the brain. Yogis um, <laughs> have the ability to shut down their somatic system, and then Dr. Meltzer explodes his theories, and dude stops teaching. Like, oh, okay, we learned literally nothing about what he can do. He can float his eyeballs. That's we know that. We already knew that. The end. <laughs> Thank you for that concise summary, Amazing. Professor Kimberly Up until now, I thought he could just float his eyeballs. Okay, right. Um, is the scene after this one where she's home alone again and he's outside of her house? The okay, can we talk oh. about this for a minute? I could. Okay, so I again, I thought it was just the eyes. When I saw the hands, I was, I was 
shivers all down my body. And then when he goes, the hands go under the covers. I could not even believe they did that. Right? I, I, that that was so graphic and, and we don't see yeah. anything, but you hear little sounds and you see the visual and it was, I, I couldn't believe they went that graphic with it. Yeah, definitely. I was like, and she makes like, they have her make like a little like, hmm. It, like which a is little, so like, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's gross. I, I don't like the perspective on a lot of this in the show. I don't know. It's just like, it seems a little too gratuitous and exploitative yeah. for like a lot of the points they're trying to make. It's like they're undercutting themselves and the choices they're making visually and yes. story wise. Well, it goes back to what you said, Kim, of how like they keep, they can't decide if they want to be super serious or make it jokey. Mm. Yeah. And and I feel like that, that's like leads to your point game of undercutting it. It's like, oh, well, we're just joking about this. And then now right. we're doing this. And then when you see yeah. that scene, when that scene happens, it opens your mind up to all of the other stuff that. Right. Like, cause he just detaches, right? So like, yeah. I mean, without getting even graphic with, with any of the things you would think, it's just, it's like a weird, uncomfortable like just the places that it sends your mind is is this poor woman, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like right? shit. This character who gets a single episode, you know, however many minutes of screen time has really fucking been through it. Yeah. I don't think that the officer that doesn't believe her deserves his fate, but like he's so useless. <laughs> like he's like, oh, you don't have any hands, must not be you. Right. Like, right? like, like you're still watching through somebody's fucking window, window. dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, talk about, like, the inadequacy of the police, like, Mm. (laughs) right there, like, right there. (laughs) And, like, I I also, also his death is so weird, right? Because I was like, why didn't she help him? Wait, did that guy die? Like, he was fine. We don't see him die. He's getting (laughs) hardly strangled for a second by the back of the neck. You're not getting strangled from the back of the neck. I'm sorry. He's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And he, like, the other thing, so the other thing is, so she runs out screaming, runs into Angel, then the doctor sees her with Angel that, and he sees that Angel's the guy that lied to him, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. Kate says, oh, the like, cameras we had in the hallway picked up nothing. The, the cop fell into the hallway <laughs> with right. two hands, dismembered hands around his neck. Like, what do you mean you saw nothing? Meltzer's also a vampire, so he can't be recorded, right? That's, right. that's a new vampire rule. <laughs> right, sure, yeah. Um, but I also wanted to point out, Kim, did you recognize the set that they use for this? Oh, no, I did not. It's like very, very clearly the Hyperion Hotel set that they use starting in season two forward is like hmm. very clearly like even the, uh, like I, because they oh. did use the outside was actually the outside of that hotel because it's the same fountain when like the cop runs in, it's like the same fountain and like that area of the outside of the hotel. And when he like runs through the front doors, there's a staircase and it's like very clearly the Hyperion hotel set um, that they used again. And I don't know. I just like, I liked seeing that. And I don't angel did that more because even like the building, that's like the evil vampire businessman building in episode one later becomes the Wolfram and Hart building. Um, huh. <laughs> and I like that they do shit like that. I don't know. I just, you know, as the big fucking nerd going through it, I'm like, oh, I recognize that set. They got to recycle um, those sets. Listen, they got a budget. <laughs> Gabe, <laughs> did, did, what did you think of this cop's act? Did he act like hands were strangling him from the back? Did the hands have weight? <laughs> I mean, baby, I've, I've seen a lot of strangulation in my time on, uh, on receiving and giving ends of it. You know what I mean? I just wasn't, it wasn't believable wasn't to me. Wasn't doing it for you. Okay. I also, okay. you know, going back to, to your point earlier, uh, 
um, you were approaching this very seriously, but I started counting Zach when you were like, okay, what other body parts detach? And I was like, they did say 12 boxes, right? Yeah. Mm. It was something yeah. like 12 boxes. So it's like, okay, we're counting two hands, two feet, two ears, maybe two eyeballs. That only puts us up to like eight, right? I think I'm the implication is supposed to be the strongest part, right? Like they are clearly implying that she is being sexually assaulted. And so your mind would, would go to not just hands. Oh, and that dick probably floats too. Ugh. That's 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 did they put it in a box? Oh is it God. in a, I, that's I'm now I can't stop thinking about that. And yeah, I want to see this is so weird. Ugh. I want to see Angel picking up a fucking disembodied dick and putting it in a steel box. <laughs> a magical floating one. Also, the hand has to crawl, but the eyeball floats, so I'm wondering what the rule is. Right. For, yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody the they, got the, they got the actor from the Adams family and they were gonna <laughs> let him do his work. Okay. We're gonna <laughs> use him. <laughs> So Angel's waiting outside once this whole police, you know, inefficiency happens. Right. And Meltzer's like Homer Simpsoning in the bushes and his yeah. hands like and his all his all his body parts return to him, which is really disconcerting to watch. <laughs> and then Kate is also there because right. right, that's the officer that she that she put there. And Angel's like not telling her what's happening, which is weird. Like, doesn't she know? That right. he's like a supernatural being? Question mark. No, no, oh no, she doesn't know yet. No. Oh, okay. No. Why did I think she knew? She does. I think halfway through this season, there's an episode where she finds out, and that's when she okay. decides she hates him again. How long is Kate gonna be in this? Because I don't care. <laughs> the way that she treats him, though, like it seems like she knows. And well, I, like, I watched she's... the whole first four. I watched all of the episodes. I rewatched them just now, and I felt like she should know. I'm like, why isn't he just telling her that he can take his hands off? <laughs> <laughs> but that makes more sense now, sure. Yeah, it's not till I forget which episode it is, but when her dad dies, that's when she finds out he's a like vampire. Mm-hmm. Okay. Be- because it's like he can't get into wherever, and she has to invite him in, and then like something, something, something. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Kate's one of my least favorite characters, so. Um, <laughs> But so <laughs> then after that, what the fuck do we do? Oh, we after that, Angel investigations, right? And then we go. Angel's talking to her, right? Talk Angel's to Melissa. Ta- talking to Melissa. Doyle and Cordelia are there. Angel oh. gives her the like, "You're strong because you survived." While the doctor is falling to pieces. Oh, look, the name of the episode. I fall to pieces. <laughs> yeah, why this was that song a- not in this episode? Exactly, exactly. And if the Barbie <laughs> song is not in the Barbie movie, I'm going to be pissed about that one too. <laughs> oh, that's never happening. I was going to say, Kimberly, if the earlier scene with Kate was giving Olivia Benson, this scene is giving Chris Maloney oh, yeah. just like a large hunk of meat incapable <laughs> of emoting, being like, you're so strong for doing this. <laughs> Yeah. Large hunk of meat. <laughs> Come on now, that was a, that's the genre of actor we're we're dealing with. Minus like yeah. the irrational anger coming from nowhere. Yeah, yeah, dude, that man should have been kicked off the force on like episode five of SVU. It's wild, <laughs> just kicking down doors with no warrants, choking people willy nilly. Chris Maloney was the problem. Okay, uh, I. I want him to be my problem. Anyway, so Exactly, exactly. I don't know, appreciate Chris Maloney's slander. <laughs> so then we get a phone call from I like that Cordelia's like, what is our thing again? What are we like she's like has to be reminded of like what their like lie is. And then yeah. how it like again just does not matter. Also, Kim and I think Gabe, we were like 
you know, mostly almost adults at this time. I don't, what the hell is, she says like, it's a special line. What the fuck does that mean? You have like a, you can have like different lines for your phone. Like if like if all of them filter through the normal line, right? So it's all the same number, but then if it's like a different number, you can have like, it's, you can tell that it's coming from that different number. Cause it's like line five or whatever, rather than just like putting someone on hold. Um, oh, so no, like that's uh, what phones had buttons for. Right, right. Yes, now we're now I'm remembering. Right, we have those buttons at work, and I still yeah. didn't fucking remember. Um, yeah. right, right. <laughs> um, so the doctor, she's just like uh, Jensen, whatever, puts him on hold, and she knows it's the doctor. The doctor, hold on, hold on, though, because what? he's like, oh, y'all are open late or whatever. Right, and she's like, yep, you know, like we're here for our clients, and like he. Uh, they should know that he knows because he says that. I feel like Angel should not be so blindsided in the next scene because of the conversation that Meltzer has with Cordy here. Like, Oh, it's screaming trap. I'm right. like, you all know. Like, I know it's episode four and we're new to the game, but baby, like, come <laughs> You're on. You're from Sunnydale. It's not episode four. There's three seasons of <laughs> right? this shit before That's this. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, I, I thought that he was going to end up going for Cordy because it always seems like that's how it goes is that he's obsessed with the girl at first and then mm. goes for Cordy later. So I was, you know, suppressed that she didn't, she wasn't the object of his affection at some point, but didn't she say like right before this as well, that, uh, where's the line that he referring to angel? Oh, he stalked a lot of girls or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, he should know he stalked a lot of, and then Cordy stops oh, just call him out, Cordy. Do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> no better than this guy. <laughs> um, Angel then, that then we get like, it reminds me of the judge from season two when he's like, oh, I got to get the steel boxes to put his like parts yeah. in. Um, that's what I kept thinking of. But then Angel mm-hmm. arrives, Dr. Metzler's, Meltzer's office, and immediately the doctor's like, I know who you are. Here's a tranquilizer dart. Was the tranquilizer supposed to kill him? Yes. That's the yes. implication. It's like it, supposed to stop his heart, right? Yeah. Which presumably is Oh, that's fatal. okay. I, I thought it was like to knock you out the way, because he says tranquilizer, and that's usually like, oh, it slows down your heart. Should have used like, a yeah. poison arrow. Yeah, exactly. Should ask Faith. Then we cut back to Angel Headquarters, Cordy and Doyle. They've like taped up everything, locked everything. I kind of like, I wish they weren't disposed of so quickly, but I do mm. like the idea of them having to like, protect melissa like i do like them having to like they're boarding up the house right it's creepy yeah Yeah. like tape things yeah it's kind of it was giving me very like haunted house Mm -hmm. uh vibes this scene was actually kind of like uh exciting and a little more dynamic than the rest of the episode for me but like Mm -hmm. at this point i was like okay hour 35 of melissa's moment (laughs) (laughs) it really it really this episode really drags it's a long (laughs) fucking episode man (laughs) um so then, yeah, they like they hear a noise. They're both kind of like, I like that. Like they both, it, I, and this felt like me and you, Kim. It's like they're both fucking nervous, but they're trying. But they're like, he's like, take a weapon. We're gonna pretend we're talking about gambling, and we don't know what we're talking about, but we're like <laughs> pretending. Um, and then I, it is kind of like, even though it's just like a dude with a hand on the grate, because we know it's supposed to be a disembodied hand. I do think the hand on the grate looks creepy. Oh yeah, right. This part's um, scary. Yeah, yeah it's horrifying. Especially because, like, like, you know, if this were real television, they cut to commercial with Angel, like, you know, right. after he's been injected. And this guy said he just killed him. And we're like, we don't know the vampire rules because there are none or there are too many. <laughs> um, you have to watch a whole bunch of commercials worried about Angel. And then you come back and they're, like, securing the, the right. house. And that's scary. And then you know the hand's going to be there. But it's still scary. 
Yeah. Those little fingers coming through the tape. It like reminds me of like a glory hole, like a bathroom someone's <laughs> tried to close. <laughs> and they're just, there's always going to be little fingers coming through them. That was the scariest image to me. <laughs> I like there's always going to be little fingers coming through. There's always. If there's a little hole you've taped over, someone's going to get through it. I don't, I'm not sure how this fits in with that metaphor, but <laughs> I think what's most scary about it is they hear it before they see it. Yeah. yeah. Are we still talking about the glory hole or the episode? <laughs> I'm not sure. They hear the tap, tap, tapping of the foot and they know the hand will be coming through the grate. Ian, should I cover my eyes? <laughs> I, I always say Kim's my only friend that I'm like, I don't get super uh, sexual around. So, but uh, my friend Ruben and I are in a group chat with Kim and I'll be like, Kim, cover your eyes. Don't read these texts. And then we'll like talk about sucking dick. I love that. <laughs> oh, goodness. oh, good. We didn't get that graphic. Okay. Um, <laughs> this, all of, all of his little like ways to get in to this, this building are super creepy, right? The hands come through. We get the hand opened the door, right? It like crawled through and opened a mm. door and he like goes through and what else is like missing? There's an eyeball again. It's an eyeball, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or does, yeah. He, or does he have like the key because he knocked Angel out? I thought that's how he got in. I just assumed. Oh. But then why would the hand be coming through? Well, because he's got to send the hands because it, it's it's like his weapon. Otherwise, he's just a dude. I just I picture his feet coming off like like Brat's feet too, and so they they come in and do something. But so he the hand attacks Doyle, correct? Um, yes. And then he attacks Cordelia, and he fucking knocks her shit out. Yes, like it was hard. I I actually put like I put in my notes fucking rude because like. Doyle just gets pulled into the great, which I mean, granted, that would hurt him too because yeah. he would hit shit. But like, yeah, he like grabs her and like hits her against the wall and then throws her in a fucking closet. And like, it would have been better to give this this scene a little bit more time and cut out something else yes. and like make it like a real horror movie, right? Where the yeah. hand is like coming at them with something and she's like crawling back or some some something, right? That, I know the perfect scene to cut from earlier. <laughs> I think we've got two actually. Yeah, yeah. We, got, we have several, several. <laughs> Zach, that's funny because I was thinking about like. Like, this scene I would have liked if it were, like, it needed to be longer to be, like, really good. Because mm-hmm. it's it's always enjoyable to watch. Like, you know, we like that on Buffy when, like, before Willow had her powers, right? And it would be, like, Willow, Xander, and Giles that had to, like, do the thing if, like, Buffy was in trouble. And, like, I would enjoy that. Um, and this would be enjoyable to see Doyle yeah. and Cordelia. So Zach and I, spoiler, I was probably out already by the time you're listening to this, for My Bloody Judy just did an episode where we talked about a chase scene that we really love. Mm. And I was thinking about that with this. Like, this would have made a cool chase scene for, like, both Doyle and Cordelia. Yeah. I just see, I see a hand crawling at, like, Cordelia, and Cordelia's, like, crawling backwards and, like, kicking at the hand, and, like, Doyle's trying to, like, stab it or something, you know? Like, some little fun, like, make it fun, at least. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a really serious topic, and, like, all of the things he does with his loose body parts are really serious, but this was perfect setup for for horror. Like, like genuine horror. Yes. Because, like, some of them did feel like, like, you know, when the hand's crawling up the side of her bed and we just see, like, the fingers first grasp, that feels very horror movie, right? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. We just don't ever, like, quite get there, but it is, like, a horror, like, influenced. Um, well, that's the problem. If the, they, they went police procedural and they should have went, like, campy horror, and then you can have the funny moments and not have them feel, like, yeah. not have them fall as quickly because it's camp. Yeah. Yeah. And have Melissa, like, cut the fingers off or something. Or, like, step on the eyeball. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I would have liked that. 
Ooh, I would have really. I, don't, I wouldn't have liked that noise. <laughs> uh, yeah, she Kim- says. She says, "Watch this, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> Squashes him, um, and then complains about ruining a perfectly good shoe. Come on, <laughs> it writes itself. <laughs> <laughs> so then he he like tells her something like, "Oh, like." You know, we can't be together, blah, blah, You're with Angel. And then Angel has his hero moment where he pops up right behind him. But not before Melissa stands up for herself and says <laughs> that he's the weak one. Suddenly not drunk, even though Doyle gave her like a like suspicious amount of whiskey because it tastes good and relaxes you, according to Doyle. Um, <laughs> Creeper. Really, really is like totally sober and stands up for herself, which I guess like in an adrenaline-fueled situation, like your, your drunkenness maybe goes away. So Yeah, I, I mean, also there's no way you wouldn't taste whiskey that much whiskey but anyway yes yes anyway so she does get her moment of like telling him off because he is the problem then he says he killed angel and i do like her moment i'm glad that we gave her even if it's a one-off character like she did deserve like the moment of standing up to him right yeah Mm -hmm. what was unclear to me is like is her confronting him what kind of like breaks his his concentration or like his focus or is it just like sort of like emotional catharsis? Emo- emotional catharsis. No? Yeah, okay. I think yeah. so. Because he thinks uh, Angel's dead, so it's like a surprise when he is suddenly alive. More than right. yeah, yeah. And like, but I think Angel had said somewhere in the useless investigating they were do was that this <laughs> guy was literally like falling apart. Like he couldn't sustain this. It wasn't sustainable. Mm. It was like yes. there's like a passing line about. I don't remember which useless piece of evidence he gets to lead him to that but i know he's at some point in passing says like the guy is falling apart like he can't Mm -hmm. keep it up yeah it's when they're outside of the apartment and he's talking to kate like i don't understand again how she doesn't know so he must not be talking to kate but anyway when he's standing outside the apartment he's like body parts will deteriorate if they're away from their host for too long okay so maybe it's actually in the scene right after that but yeah it's shortly before this so it's fresh in our minds Mm. yeah okay i knew that he like said it i didn't really know why we i just knew that that was a thing that was said so sure then he starts to fall apart it is very gross the visual of his teeth shooting out and then angel smashing them (laughs) all of the body parts just kind of falling apart is is really disturbing (laughs) that's all he's got that's all he's got to fight with that's it. I just like the idea of like smashing the teeth, just like real that grosses me out. I don't know why, but it's like them getting smashed against the wall when it's like and like they look like full dentures. So like what is in his mouth? Yeah, like Yeah, like the gums come out too. Like what like <laughs> what's going on, man? Um and I do like that he has this very pathetic line of we could have been so happy before Angel just like bumps his head off. <laughs> And it's like very clearly a dummy head bouncing on the like ground. I mean, I don't understand how that works. Like, yeah. if he doesn't want his head to come off, then it shouldn't come off, according to the nothing that we learned in the useless. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it's, like, it's because it wasn't sustainable, so his body was starting to fall apart. So uh, it made it easier to like lop his head off, I guess. Okay. Sure. Fine. Yeah. I mean, granted, his body should have been able to still fight Angel at that point, right? Because, all it right. Was fighting. He, yeah. That's a thing he can do. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But again, this is very, um, very on the surface, <laughs> like plot monster. It's a quick, movie. it's a quick ending too. Yeah. He just like takes him out. Yes. Yes. So it's the next morning at Angel Investigations and we've got a little frame narrative where Cordy now is disappointed in the days old coffee and Melissa shows up with a plant as a gift for helping her. And then 
Cordy and Doyle are kind of nudging Angel, like, come on, come on, do the thing, do the thing we talked about in the beginning. And Angel's like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we we charge or something. I don't know the exact words. And then she's like, oh, yes, of course, I forgot, and hands him a check and says, I, I hope I never see you again. Yes. So awkward. Okay, I do. So this is where I, I've been waiting to say it the whole episode. This is where I, I, I do love Melissa's arc in this episode. She gets one episode, she gets a whole arc, and she ends with, she kind of started her whole journey of what we know, right? With getting the surgery from this doctor mm-hmm. and then feeling the need to like, whatever the reason she went on the date with, but feeling the need to go on the date with him and then getting herself tangled up in this this web because he just is that creep, you know? And she accidentally got herself tangled up in this, in this web with this creep. And by the end, she's like, Yes, I would rather pay you than this cross any sort of like emotional boundary or me feeling like I have to give you anything other than this fucking plant or anything. And that, and then she she goes off and, and lives her own life, right? She's not attached. I, do, I like that she's not feeling attached to Angel, that she's not like, you know, swooning over him or anything. She comes, she pays her money, she gives the plant and she walks out of there. Yeah, and I do like that. I, I, you're right. I do, I do like that. And I do like how confident and like bright she feels at the end there. Yeah. And I also like the Cordelia and Doyle like coughing to remind him to ask for the bill. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, we end on Cordelia being like, see, you can save a damsel and make some money um, because Cordelia's got her eyes on the fucking prize. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, now that we're at the end, uh, favorite scene, Kim? Oh, my God. Um, can I do I have a favorite scene of this episode? <laughs> OK, fine. Um, sorry. The last scene, the one we just talked about. I, I like the, I like a frame narrative. I like when things come full circle, and I think a good number of things come circle. It's not just one thing, so mm-hmm. that makes that makes it all worth it for this end. All right, all right, uh, Gabe. Um, I really gotta say, Melissa's first sip of coffee at Angel <laughs> HQ was uh, the high point of acting for me in this episode. I think, and story wise, perhaps one of the more thrilling things to occur. So <laughs> that's got to be my vote, uh, Zach. <laughs> Uh, I think I'll go with Kim and say the the ending of it. All right. All right. I think for me, it's Cordy and Angel doing their like investigating together, Mm. even though none of it really matters. I still, I like just their scene together. Um, And the thing about Angel and Buffy both is that I always forget like, oh, this icon, this scene that you see a lot in the credits is from this. And I feel like you see Mm. that clip of Cordelia and Angel at the computer, like a lot. That's like a, an image you see. Um, And I forgot it was from this episode. Favorite outfit. Uh, Gabe? Oh, God. Um, this is a toughie. Um, I've got to say, my favorite outfit to hate is probably Doyle's red shirt under that brown leather. <laughs> Which he wears it's numerous times. The ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. He's always got a really large collar sticking out from under no, a jacket he, or something. He really, really does. It's just so <laughs> grotesque. It looks like he's constantly going to go meet up with his bowling team. I just can't, <laughs> cannot stand it. And for some reason, that's the only thing I can remember. Um, if Cordy's hair counts as a, a fashion moment, I did really hate the little like tie at each shoulder um, kind of blouse she was wearing. Oh, the I hair like that. Was, oh, well, okay. We had very different early 2000s, it seems. It's fine. <laughs> I'm glad uh, we met here. <laughs> Zach, what was your favorite outfit? I don't think I have one. They Again, the fashion is just like really, really boring in this one. Um, yeah. It gets better as the show goes on. They like invest more in Cordelia's. I hope so, because Cordelia, <laughs> the way they're dressing her, there was the, the hair moment that we talked about with her earlier. Uh, her shirt was like, okay, but... You know, it could have been spruced up a little bit. So I guess that one. All right. Fair. Yeah. Uh, Kim? 
I actually do have a favorite outfit here. I really like yeah. Melissa when she comes to visit Angel Investigations after he changes into the the white sweater. She's got this cute little, it's like really deep blue and it has, it looks like feltish, but I'm sure it's not felt felt. Oh. It has like a felt embroidery and it's, I'm like, oh, I would totally wear that sweater. It reminds me of my favorite sweater I had from like eighth grade up until <laughs> like 10 years ago when I gave it to somebody. And now I'm sad that I gave it to somebody because I want it back and it's gone. I feel like I probably know what the sweater is. I would recognize it if it's, I saw it. It's like green with like a, mine was green with like a yellow rose, but hers was different, but it still it reminded me of that like sweaters look and feel. So yeah, I liked, I liked that a lot. You didn't like the slip? <laughs> yeah, Cammy, I like, <laughs> um, I, my favorite outfit was, I did like Cordelia and that like lavender top with the little silly fringy at the shoulder and her hair just looked so good. Um, so yeah, that's my favorite outfit. Uh, what grade do we give the episode, Zachary? A C. Kim. Ugh. <laughs> C minus. What was that? A C minus. Ooh, okay. Uh, Gabe. Yeah, I'm there with C minus. I'm, you know, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a flat C. I actually think I was thinking of going lower, but I feel like we had a fun discussion on it. I'm like, does that make me does that make me think I like the episode more than I did because like I had fun talking to you all about it? But I feel like we all were like in agreement that it's not a good episode. The episode is camp. It is camp. <laughs> so it has I not. Mean, I like the idea of 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 the creature feature, right? Yeah. I like mm-hmm. that. But didn't they they gotta either really go serious with it or or lighten up and make it, you know, fun horror. And they they didn't really commit to either. Yeah, I would agree. Like, if it were a full camp, it almost would have worked more. Um, right, yeah. it's It was finding its footing, I think, still, totally, yeah. the show. It was yeah. odd. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, thank you all for joining me. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. If you like Slayer Fest 98, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Podbean, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can subscribe to our Patreon, which helps keep this podcast going. And we are covering What If and Harley Quinn Season 2. We're almost done both. And um, if you want to find us on social media, we are at SlayerFestX98. I am at Ian X Carlos. Gabe, where can everyone find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram using the handle Gaybones, G-A-Y-B-O-N-E-Z. Uh, it's a long story. It's nothing sexual. And my website is gaybiz.gay. That is a, a URL that does work. Again, I'll, I promise. I love that your website is .gay, Gabe. Like, I, I truly love that you got that. <laughs> it was great. I got it on a deal. Gabe.gay was too expensive, but Gabe is .gay, and I, it makes more of a statement, truly. It's easier to remember. <laughs> that was cheaper. Um, Kim, where can everyone find you? I am on Twitter at Kim and Joe South. And Zachary, where can everyone find you and your two other shows that you co-host slash host? Well, you can just search me on my two other shows, uh, Coffee Tequila <laughs> on all the things and My Bloody Judy on all the things. All right. And we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.